This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed. Okay. So, um, Occupy. Um, so, basically, uh, this is meant to be short. And um, I won't say more than I should say. Um, there's a temptation for people who preach, you know, to to cover the time. And this is not even uh, me trying to like, you know, be humble, like, oh gosh, you know, but there's just that temptation to, you know, want to cover the time. Uh, what I have is pretty short, except maybe, you know, if the Lord gives me utterance and makes me say things um, I didn't plan before. And um, this is just a short exhortation to take your place um, in God's plans and purposes, especially in your local assembly, and as a local assembly. Um, again, the purpose of this exhortation is so that you can take your place as an individual in your local assembly, and so that we, as a local assembly, can take our place, hallelujah, in all that God is doing. So let me start by saying that the purpose of the church can be broadly categorized into two. Um, first is to reach out. The second is to reach in. I'm not trying to be deep, I promise. <laughs> the purpose of the church is to reach out and to reach in. And this is not in any order of importance because they are both um, equally important. It's important that the church reaches in and within its structure and the church also reaches out, you know, without its structure. Amen. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10, which is my favorite tests, Old Testament, portion of scripture. Isaiah 53 verse 10. If I read this now, you will know that I've quoted like 50,000 times. Okay. So it says, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days and the will of the Lord will prosper in his end. So I also just um, quickly run into, you know, what it means that the church is, church has a responsibility to reach out, okay? Now, the Bible says that when he has made his soul an offering for sin, he will see his seed, he will prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hands. You know, what that simply means is that by reason of the sacrifice of Jesus, right, there was offspring from that sacrifice. Is that clear enough? Yes. When Jesus died and he rose again, he brought many sons to glory. Amen. Great. So um, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was to an end that there will be offspring. So it, it wasn't it wasn't an accident that there was that there was offspring. It was actually planned. That was the plan that the captain of our salvation will bring many sons to glory, right? And that's why he said in John chapter twelve verse twenty four that predicting his death and his resurrection, he says, except a grain of seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone, right? But he now says that if he dies it will come back with what? Many fruits, right? So it's going to come back with offspring. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us that because of what Jesus did, there was offspring. It now says that he will prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hands. So the end of that offspring or what that offspring is meant to be is meant to be the walking, talking expression 
of their source, the seed that was buried. Do you understand that? The seed that was buried was meant to bear um, children after its kind. Amen? Amen. So, for example, in John chapter 3, the Bible says that um, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. So, we're saying that, you know, you are born of God. So, when you are born of God, the seed of God is in you, according to 1 Peter chapter 3. I think it's chapter 3 now. Right? The seed of God is in you. Right? So, it says that by reason of that death, burial, and resurrection, um, he created unto himself offspring, people who bear the seed of God in them, or the seed of the firstborn in them. According to Romans chapter 8, um, the Bible says that we have been made to conform to the image of the Son. Right? So, the point of all that, everything I just said now, is this. That Jesus may not be physically walking upon the face of the earth, um, reaching out to people, right? Um, talking to people that are coming to my kingdom, so that your life will be good. Um, how Jesus is reaching the world is through his church, is through the offspring. He will prolong his days on earth in the offspring. Do you understand that? He will prolong his days on earth within his offspring. So that means that the church is the walking, talking expression of Jesus. Is that clear enough? Mm. So this body of Christ, um, or let me say it this way, using Pastor Sam's words a few years back, is the church is the way God interfaces with the world, right? So that means that if the world is going to know about God, if the world is going to encounter God, the world will encounter God through a framework, through a structure that God has created called the church. So that means that if the world is not knowing about God, it is because the church is not working in its purpose or in the fullness of its purpose. Do you understand that? So, for example, if there are five churches in Anthony Village and we have many fruits of, you know, prostitution, um, add drugs, and people who are just working in a lot of depravity, right? It shows that the church is not doing what it is meant to do add truth but that is what it is right because all those people will meet jesus jesus will not appear to them in their room it can happen i'm not saying it can happen it has happened to people right um just appeared to people um appears to them in visions and all of those things and that is fine but it is it is not the general rule that jesus will start appearing to people the only way jesus primary way jesus is going to appear to people is through turning the church Hallelujah. And so the Bible tells us in um, 1 Peter, let's read that one. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You probably know it offhand. If you know it offhand, you can quote it now. You know, goes on this school. 1 <laughs> Peter chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So the Bible says that he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light so that you can declare his praises. It says that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of, out of darkness into his marvelous light. So one thing we know is that these chosen people, this royal priesthood, this holy nation, this peculiar people, speaking of the church, has a purpose to declare his praises. Do you understand that? As a purpose to declare his praises. Now, again, 
don't read praises as praise and worship that we're going to the streets and i'll be declaring his praises come and see the lord is good no declaring his praises will be for us to speak of the gospel to speak of what christ has done for us in his death his burial and his resurrection hallelujah so this royal priesthood this holy nation these peculiar people have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light to declare his praises say i will declare his praises in my generation i will declare his praises in the name of jesus this is the reason why we pray you know second thessalonians chapter chapter three yes second thessalonians chapter three this is why we pray that the word of god will have free course and be glorified even as it is even as it was among you right um, I like the way the message says it. Um, message paraphrased it because that's how we should approach the message version. It is paraphrased. Message paraphrased it and says that, that the word of God will simply take off and race through the country to a groundswell of response. It is worth praying about because that's what our purpose actually is. The first part of it, the part that reaches out, do you get? The word of God must take off and race through the country to a groundswell of response. Anyhow, we want to do it. The word of God must actually take off and race through the country to a ground sort of response. So, yes, the Holy Spirit is going to help us that the word will accelerate, right, and race through the country. But we ourselves we will also have to step out into our purpose. Remember, the purpose of the church is to reach out and to reach in, but reach out first. So, we're talking about reaching out first, right? We must step out and do what God has called us to do, whether we feel like it or not, whether, um, it is convenient or not. Hallelujah. And I know, I understand that sometimes um, it doesn't look convenient. It doesn't look like what you want to naturally do. For example, my natural inclination is not to talk to strangers. I don't like talking to strangers, right? Um, but that's not, that's besides the point. Praise God. We will talk to strangers. So, Maybe, maybe um, I can buffer it a little bit and go on social media and do a lot of preaching the gospel, a lot of, um, you know, sharing God's word and all of that so that people can come to the light of the gospel. But I must shall do it. Praise God. Ha. Okay. Hope you have been blessed. Good. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, we read from verse 13 to 16, but a little context to Matthew 5, 13 to 16. So Jesus healed, um, in the previous chapter, Jesus had been healing people, healing sick bodies and all of that, and his news, the news of his um, superpowers had spread through Judea, through Jerusalem, through Galilee, that there's somebody who is healing people. And so they brought crowds to him. There was a multitude. I'll tell you why I'm saying this. There was a multitude that came to him. So in the next chapter, which is chapter 5 that I want to read now, in the next chapter, the Bible says that Jesus went up a mountain away from the crowd and his disciples followed him. So everything you see in the Sermon on the Mount, he was talking to who? His disciples. Praise God. So it wasn't a message to the crowd. It was a message to his disciples. Now, we can want to form Christocentric that, but they were not saved then, so they were not at the church. Uh, he knew what he was doing because the people that constituted the upper room are most likely the same people. Large, large percentage of them will most likely be the same people that went up the mountain with him, right? Okay. So what did he say to them? To his disciples. Matthew 5, verse 13. 
It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Hmm. He called his disciples to himself and told them, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So he told his disciples that you have a responsibility to shine. Says you are the light of the world and you have a responsibility to shine. Again, I shall defer to the messages um, paraphrase of that scripture. So someone read that scripture to me in the message years back. And it was very good. It was very, very good. So I'll read it to you. I'm, I'm, I'm reading it at the risk of you thinking I'm not spiritual. <laughs> I'm kidding. But you know, no. um, there's just a way that when you read message, plenty message or CPT, you don't, you don't look very spiritual. <laughs> okay, so let me just quickly read this. Matthew chapter 5. Um, if you have the message, you can open it too. But Matthew chapter 5. So I want to read verse 13 to 16. Now pay attention very well. Pay attention very well. This guy said it very well. Very well. I can assure you. Verse 13 says, Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God colors, God flavors of this earth. <laughs> if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. Now, verse 14 to 16 is the one I like. It says, here is another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Amen. I like it. It says that when we open up to others, when our church is not a cult, where it is locked to people on the outside, and we just have our own thing, where we just fellowship, where we just do, you know, God things, you know, we have flows, we fall down, we stand up, we are just enjoying ourselves, we sing good worship. Every time we shut our doors to the world, right, the Bible says that we are defeating the purpose for which the church was created, which is that we are lighting this candle and putting it under a bucket. The Bible says that keep open house. The message said that. <laughs> keep open house. Be generous with your lives. It says that when we open up to others, we will prompt them to open up to God. Hallelujah. So God is not a secret to be kept. 
God is not a secret to be kept from your employer. If they sack you, they sack you. Amen. Amen. God is not a secret to be kept. I know why I'm saying this because, you know, I've heard people say things like, oh, I didn't want them to see my social media so that they will not think something, something, something. Because there are some employers that will ask for social media, put it there now. Let them know. Let them know now before they introduce you to your gay partner. So, <laughs> God is not a secret to be kept. The church has a responsibility to reach out. To reach out. If you see my WhatsApp, um, that WhatsApp tagline, that's my WhatsApp tagline since forever. Since I saw that scripture, I just read that God is not a secret to be kept. Because he isn't. He's not a secret to be kept. Hallelujah. Say God, God is not a secret to be kept. Say we are going public with this. Great. Once in a while, I'll just read my message. Just, just use the flex. Just, just flex. You want to study, don't read it too, but <laughs> I'm just saying, you want to flex. You just want to enjoy yourself. Quick one, let me just say this by the side. So there are times when, like maybe, like I have a lazy time where I want to read my Bible. But also, like, read it, you know, like, just hear what they are saying. Just play the message, like, audio Bible. I'm serious. It sounds like a sermon. It's like a sermon, you know. Um, God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. Very, I'm serious. It's like a sermon. Yeah, you, you feel like you're listening to peace sound. Like, just. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, Samwise Gamji. <laughs> okay. But do you understand everything I just said? So um, there's a call upon us as a church to keep open house and to be generous with our lives. The church is not a cult that has a bar for people to come in. The church is an open house, right? The church is meant to be generous with the gospel, just like we saw um, Brother Peter Sin encourage us in the message. Hallelujah. His name is Peter Sin, Abby. Yes. That was very encouraging, brother. Um, so the first purpose of the church is to reach out. Second is to reach in. Like I said earlier, it is not according to any order of importance, right? Um, and I'm not trying to be deep. I'm just going to say it as plainly as it is. It is both of them are equally important. Um, we won't say that, oh, um, for the first quarter of the year, we'll be reaching in. And next quarter, we'll be reaching out. The Bible says that the remnant of the house of Jacob will take roots downwards and bear fruits upwards, right? It is, as you are taking roots downwards, you are also bearing fruits upwards. Do you understand that? Okay. And I know that there's a temptation for that, I can assure you. I've led a group of people before where, you know, I would just say that, you know, um, let's first reach reaching. There's some wisdom in it, um, but how long do you want to reach in for? Do you get and there's that thing where you personally also feel like, you know, I'm not sufficient yet, so let me still be reaching in. Let me be edifying myself. Let me be taking roots downward. But the Bible says that if you're taking roots downward alone, you're an anomaly. Because I must be taking roots downward and bearing fruit upward. Praise God. Say, I am not an anomaly. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4. So let's talk about in-house. Ephesians chapter 4, 14 to 16. Let me just quickly say this, concerning reaching out as a body, um, it's something we can do. So back in Ibadan, when we still had Jesus' tribe, there was something I used to encourage them to do. And I think, 
I think it's good. So um, I usually tell them that you know during the week you guys can just go out in twos, in threes, and preach, and they were doing it. It was good. So I think one of the things you can do is if you are shy, if you feel like mm, this thing is not really my thing. So apart from all the other things you do, you know, social media, um, we are putting out videos as a church. You know, as a church also we can say you know, ah, Moriwa is free tomorrow. I'm also free tomorrow. Let's go out in the evening and let's go and preach. Or the boys in this house can just go out somewhere, go somewhere someday, go and preach like that, right? Um, it's not like it's not something I've not thought about before, but like right now it's just really coming to my mind. So you can do it. You can do it, actually. I know that there are some of you that used to do it before. Um, Lagos is not a place for you to be chilling. I understand that Lagos can Lagos you into um, lukewarmness, uh, but wake up, awake. Praise God. Hallelujah. I remember when um, we first came to the house, um, came to Pisam's house. I'm talking as if I'm talking to Green House. When we first came to Pisam's house, um, I think after some time, Flo joined us and this bigoted boy. And then, you know, we were on fire. We said, ah, every night, we'll be praying into the night. And we started, we started, we were praying into the night. Well, I don't know how we stopped. <laughs> 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 So there's a way Lagos can actually do you, and um, it will work you into lukewarmness. Um, but this teaching today, let it awaken you. Let it awaken you as an individual. Let it awaken us as a church to do what God will actually have us do, the most important things, which is to occupy, to take our place in God's plans and purposes. Amen? Amen. So we're going to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. I thought it was going to be short. I thought I would be done in like 10 minutes. <sighs> Ephesians 4, 14 to 16. The Bible says, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. This is where I'm going. It says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together, watch this, by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The Bible actually says that each part has a work to do in the body. Amen? Each part actually has a work to do in the body. In the KJV, I like how the KJV says that every joint supplies. It says that every joint in the body has something to supply. That means that you have not been called into the body for your own sake. True service in church is to people, is to your brothers and sisters. Hmm? True service in church. In our local assembly, it's your brothers and sisters. The Bible says that the body will be edified in love. The body will be edified in love. The body will grow and mature in Christ. And it says that each part will do its work. So as a member of the body of Christ, you have something to offer to your local assembly. If you go back to verse 7 of that chapter 4, Verse 7 of chapter 4, it says that, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. 
It says to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So in Christ, there is an apportioning. There is a measure. In the KJV, he actually uses the word measure. It says that there is an apportioning and a measure of functions and giftings in the body. And I'll show you that in other portions of scripture too. There is apportioning and there is measure of functions and giftings in the body so that each member of the body will supply to the universal body or to the whole body. Do you understand that? That each joint will be able to supply nourishment to the edification of the body. So grace has been given you according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Grace has been given you. Grace has been given you. Grace has been given you. And you know how I used to say that um, the Bible is not a dictionary where we say that what is grace? Grace is God in my race, right? No. So in different contexts, we see what grace is. In this context, you read it down. It's talking about what? Function in the body. It says that God has given you grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. It says to each person, God has apportioned something to you. So in that context, grace is not God in your race like that. Do you get? Grace is not unmerited favor like that. It's unmerited favor because, I mean, yes, it's God's disposition towards you. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's not a dictionary thing. <laughs> do you get? So there's a measure of service and giftings that has been given to each person. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you see how that the Bible says that if the old body were an eye, maybe the earring be. So there's that temptation to be um, to want to defend God and be very Christocentric and say that no, it's not possible. God is not partial. God is not respect of persons. And so we have all the gifts of the Spirit. We have all the abilities of the Spirit. We have all the graces, right? And so at some point, I can function as an apostle and pastor and prophet and then I have all the gifts. If you have all the gifts and you, and you have all the functions or you can function in anything, if the whole body were an eye, where will the earring be? What's the point of a body if one person can pretty much just be Jesus, right? So the Bible is telling you, and we'll see uh, as we go through scripture, that there is something that has been allotted to you to do, right? And God wants you to take your place so that the body of Christ will grow, so that people will come to the knowledge of God, so that people will mature, because that's the point, that we will mature. Because Jesus is actually coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Say you know. He's coming for a bright dress, spot or wrinkle. And so it's not just Pastor Sam's work alone to make sure the bride is without spot or wrinkle, but it is actually that every joint supplies. So if every joint is not supplying, it's like we are putting Pisam at over on overdrive. Papa will just be running. I'm sorry, Pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's quickly read that First Corinthians 12. I'll just go through a couple of places in the scriptures. Hmm. You know, I don't know if this is a trance. <laughs> or I believe it's inspired. So a song came to mind now. So in my days in CNS, we used to sing this song. Um, it's in Yoruba. It says that, It been let Jesu file leleyi says that this is the foundation that Christ has laid and nobody should think that they should deviate from it. I just thought I should say that because I think the Lord said I should say it to you. So 
this is this is the foundation that the Lord has laid. Praise God. And no one should think that they should deviate from it. Hallelujah. So in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seventeen to nineteen, it says that if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, look at this. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, there would be, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Do you see that? Do you see that? God has this designated, God has predestined, right? It is not your word. God has predestined each part to function in the body. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? Now, let's now go to specifics. Romans chapter 12. There's a reason why I'm not starting from where you may think I want to start from. Because people like Superman things. Romans chapter 12. Please, are you sure you're getting blessed? Verse 4. It says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same words, they do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. In our sense, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Again, grace here speaks of the function that God has given to you. So you see how that, listen, if you look at that scripture very well, it says that each one of us, let me just read it again, please. It says each of us has one body, are one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. In our sense, we have different gifts according to the grace that has been given to us. So you see that the grace is the function, right? The grace is the function that God has given to you. Does it make sense? Are you sure? You are looking with that eye, that thing that you are doing. Is it clear? Are you sure? Okay. So it says that we are many members, but different functions. And now it says it gave gifts differing according to the function. Do you get? So the first thing you learn is that one of the pointers towards the Lord will have you do within the body is your gifting. Is your gifting. You will know. So there are things that you seem to be more inclined towards. Many times it's not esoteric stuff. It's not visual stuff. It's just inclinations as you desire the Lord, as you delight in the Lord. Right? As you delight in the Lord, there are certain inclinations in you. There are certain inclinations, there are certain hardwirings by the Spirit of God. So you will notice that there are just certain things. So let, let's go into specifics now. Let me just read this. In verse 6, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So watch this. It's saying that there are certain people, right? They are wired to prophesy. It said there are certain people. They are wired to prophesy. 
There are certain people, they are wired to teach others. There are certain people, they are wired to lead others. There are certain people who are wired to serve. KJV calls it ministry. They, they want to serve, right? And so you see that when they come to church, they are actually not trying to be in the limelight. Um, they just want to serve. Um, how, can, how can we make the word go out more easily? Right? How can we make sure that people are comfortable in church? How can we make sure that people who are in church, their needs are being met, their mundane needs are being met? There are, those are people who actually want to serve. Right? They just find that inclination within them to serve. Hallelujah. And there's people who, you see that there are people who exhort, who encourage, who call together. And you miss certain people around you like that. You know, they are inclined to encourage. They are inclined to exhort. They are inclined to call you back into the word of God. They are inclined to help you refocus your mind to what God's, God's word says, God's promises, and all of those things. Right? So, there's how that there are giftings. And these giftings are pointers to what the Lord will have you do in the body of Christ. The reason why I stayed here is because when you get into 1 Corinthians 12, you will see the more spectacular things like miracles and healing. So you may be tempted to think that I can't see my gifting. But if you understand that your gifting is your, in quotes, wiring, you will see that it should be easy for you to serve because there are actually things that you are wired to do. See it that way. The Bible did not use the word wiring, but see it that way. Do you guess? Now let me just quickly say this. There's also a temptation, if you have not been delighting in the Lord, that you want to shine. You want to shine. You want to be the one holding the microphone. You want to sing so that people can know you. And so that one day, one day, your church will sponsor you so that you can re release an album and then you'll be popular and all of those things. That is not God's plan for the church. God's plan for the church is as each individual, we will supply, we will supply nourishments to the body. Each part of the body will supply nourishments to the body. That is why, for example, the place of the worship leader is in, this is in his local assembly because there is the word of God in his mouth to communicate in music. So he teaches and he should supply that to the body, just like Paul said. Hallelujah. And that goes for every other ministry gift and ministry working in you, every gifting that God has put in you. It is so that every part of the body is giving nourishment so that the body is edified in love. It is an anomaly that the only gift that we see magnified in the body is teaching. But the Bible says that there is prophesying. So that means that when prophesying is happening, you should not cringe at prophesying because prophesying is meant to happen in the church. Do you understand that? That means that it is very possible that after this teaching, or while I'm even talking, someone receives a word, and when we are doing, you can raise your hand, because there must be order also in the church, right? Two or three can speak, and others can judge. You can lift up your hand and say, I have a word. Because there's prophesying. Amen? In the same church, there is, there is service. There is teaching. There is encouragement. There is giving. There is giving. So that means that there are certain people who actually excel in that gift of giving. I know you don't like hearing it that, oh, but all of us should give. Yes, all of us should give. But the Bible actually tells us that if your gift is giving, give generously. So that means that there are certain people who tend to give more than others. For example, the Bible tells us about the one the apostles named Son of Consolation. Hallelujah. 
there are people who are willing. Before you say, ah, there's a need in church. Those kind of people, if you have those kind of people in our church, people will probably not say, don't give a year beg because they're going to sell their property. Now, you may not be inclined to sell your property, right? But there's something beautiful about it. You know what all of these things teach me is that God's word says that I can desire spiritual gifts. So if I see something lacking in me, I can see um, that I don't give as I should, right? I don't seem inclined to give. You can actually desire that God will help you to give because giving is actually a gift of the Spirit. Amen. The Bible says that there are people who lead. And so the reason why there may be order in our church is because there are actually people who are gifted to lead, to administer administration to get. And then there are people who show mercy. You know that all these things, they, they are not the regular things that you think about, but God actually wants you to take your place. You will see it in you that there are things that tend to excel in, and you walk in them, and you take your place in the body of Christ and supply. Imagine people who encourage. We don't have to go through. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to um, wait till you see pastor, because someone has already picked up your problem <laughs> and has come to encourage you. Let me. I have a classic example. Every time I do a teaching like this, I always have this classic example. So back in TBC Badon, when we were in TBC Badon. Um, there was this sister, Sister Wumi, um, the older Sister Wumi. I forgot her surname. Yes. So there was Sister Wumi Ojobe. And I noticed this thing in her about how that she just knows there's something wrong with you. You can be plain. There's no, you can wear 15 masks with smiling faces. She knows. I don't know how she does it. She will pick it, she'll come to you, she'll encourage you, she'll follow you up. And she's not visible in church. She's not one of the visible people. She's not a star. In quotes, you get. She's not one of the visible people. And I remember one particular example that really blew my mind. There are actually two. In fact, there are three. <laughs> so there was a time when I was going through one funny season like that. And I remember that I wasn't, I wasn't feeling great at all. I, was, I won't sleep at night. I'll be tossing to and fro my bed and all of that. But I'll come to church and I'll be playing with everybody. I said, I will come and meet and I said, Share, kill share. Kill share me what? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, sit down. Yeah, calm down. Yeah, talk to me. Ah, ah, how did you know? Okay. Then there was one time too. I remember that I was after after church service. We were just sitting down. Let me run through it. We were just sitting down, and then she was. So there was this other guy that was drumming. He was at the drums. You know how boys do after service. You go to the instruments and be playing instruments. And so the guy was at the drums, enjoying himself. I honestly believe he was enjoying himself. And sister Mommy said, ah, "Share, go and talk to this guy." I said. What deal? For what? And she said, I'm going to talk to him. He, he, looks, he looks lost in thoughts. This guy is enjoying himself. He's drumming. How is he lost in thoughts? So she said, I'm going to talk to him. So I went to talk to him. And I remember that they, I think they even eventually brought his case to peace out because his case was plenty. He had case, he had plenty of problems. And <laughs> our sister Wumi could spot it. Still blows my mind. Right? And so Wumi just asked that thing. And I believe that you don't have to have spectacular giftings to function in the body. Because the Bible actually says this, you don't have to have um, spectacular giftings to function in the body. You can serve. God actually wants you to take your place, right? So that the entire body will be mature in love. Amen. Amen. One of the things, 
you know oh, those things they say that was was one phrase that you will never forget in your life or was one thing that someone has said to you that you never forget in your life one of those one things that someone has said to me came from sister Wumi. i remember i was saying about you know break up and all those things that happened something something and she said it with the most sincere face and voice i've ever heard in my life she said share do you know there's nothing wrong with you it sticks like it's still there like sometimes random i can just work in the job just yeah share yeah do you know there's nothing wrong with you how do you do this, ma? You can actually excel in it. And funny enough, our career path is around that stuff. And it's really good. It's really good that you can own in on what God has called you to, right? And you are not competing with anybody because it is not competition. We are not trying to be stars in church. And that's also one of the reasons why we cannot have celebrities in our church or in any church whatsoever, actually. It is an anomaly that there is somebody we all look to and say, oh, this guy, this thing, is our star. Like, when, like having a face of TUC. You guys, there's, you know that thing? You can have a face of TUC. Yeah, you can have Mr. TUC. <laughs> Miss TUC. Let the pastor be the, in quotes, face of TUC. But, like, it's an anomaly because it's not meant to be a competition. It's not meant to be um, ambition. Do you get? It's meant to be service. Our true service to God is our service to one another. So even our prophesying is not competition. Where I see that there's more excels in prophecy, and so I'm like, ah, ah this guy did he did word. And so me, I'll now go and fast seven days, and I'll pray, 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 pray. And me, so I'll shall do some sprinkle because God will have mercy on me. I say, ah, don't kill yourself. Don't give you small. So I'll miss. I'll do small. But we need, we need because in the body, each person can actually supply. Each person can actually supply. If Moriwa is not here, God will, the Spirit of God will tell something in you and you will speak to. So that's another thing we also need to understand. Some people take the minor and make it the major. This is what I mean. All of us can actually function in all the gifts of the Spirit, in a sense. right? It's the same Spirit that is in us. So if the need arises, honestly speaking, you just see yourself doing weird things like you didn't know you could do before words of knowledge coming to you that you didn't know you could have before right um you see yourself just functioning in certain things maybe because there is a need in the moment but in the context of the church first corinthians 12 in the context of the church do you know how he says it he says to one he gave word of knowledge to another word of wisdom to another faith to another working of miracles to another gifts of healings to another to another like that why because if the old body were an eye, where will the hearing be? There must be that, in quote, specialization. There must, there must be that distribution according to the will of God. Do you understand that? So don't, don't try to compete. Just know that ah, this is something I, 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 I've been inclined towards, you know. Um, oh, I, I noticed that I like teaching. I like teaching people and I know that I'm so drawn to my Bible and that every time I'm reading my Bible, I'm understanding it, even as I'm being edified also. There's just this inclination to teach others, to make sure that people also come into the same light I'm coming into. Or God exercises. Again, it's not every teaching person that will be a pastor who are Bible study teachers. Like, don't make it an ambition, right? So if you are teaching and God makes and God does it in such a way that you're not Bible study teacher in your church, that's absolutely fine. Take your place so that the body will be edified in love. It's okay to be a Bible study teacher. It's okay to be a deacon. It is fine. It's okay to be an associate pastor. They don't have to send you to another branch to go and start another branch. It's absolutely fine. In fact, signing another branch is not a joke. <laughs> it's not the flex you think it is. <laughs> Praise God. But do you understand? 
take your place. Yeah, I was going to say a few other things. Um, so there's something I personally call the weight of your calling. Um, is person now. Is me that it that. But this is what I mean, right? Um, you notice that um, there is, again, still the old desire thing, but I just wrote in my notes that the weight of your calling will always pull you in the direction of service. The weight of your calling will always pull you in the direction of service. So how you know that this is where I should serve, this is what I should do in the body, is that there's just that pull in you that makes you want to go towards that direction and do it. This boy now cannot come and say he wants to lead worship. Like, there's no need. It, nothing is pulling him. In fact, his voice has betrayed him. His voice cannot pull him. <laughs> but apart from, like, yeah, being this guy, right? Fact is that there are some things that... Let me ask you honest questions. Wait, just watch. You, I know that you cannot sing. You, you can sing small. Have you ever felt like just being the one leading worship? You know, just sometimes you don't even feel like leading prayer. But you are, <laughs> but you are very comfortable at that back where you sit, Abby. <laughs> Have you been doing that before? Where you sit at the back somewhere in a church? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Wumi or Jobe. Don't worry about me. <laughs> so there's that thing, right? You can ask yourself, ask yourself honest questions. You see that the thing that you are doing right now in your local assembly, even though you may not be owning it right now and seeing it as service to people and ultimately to God, right? You notice that the things that you are doing right now are um are the things that you seem more inclined to do. Every time I join a local assembly. I am more inclined to join the choir, to join the worship team. And not just because I can sing, but because I actually want to um, put out my songs and have the church sing them and learn from them and be edified by them. And this is honest, and this is not me talking Christianism. And Pastor Eddie can bear witness to the fact that there are many times when they say, ah, oh yeah, yeah, we are going to put out song. And I'm saying that the putting out something I want to put out song is for the body. I don't want to make profit from it, right? So there was a time when don't let me see the story. But <laughs> well, like, there was a time where there was inclination to make profit from it, not from them, or from another person. I'm like, that's not my own goal in life. Oh. My goal in life is I want to sing and I want to give my songs to the body of Christ. Right? So that's always been an inclination for me. And there are other inclinations for you too. Don't see the gifts of the Spirit as um, this weird unattainable thing I have to strive towards. Say the gift of the Spirit as the Holy Spirit working in you as He wills so that you can serve in the body. Ultimately, what you definitely see is that some people prophesy. You see that some people give word of, word of knowledge more than others. You see that some people give words of wisdom more than others. You see that some people work miracles. You see that some people give, have gifts of healings and that is absolutely fine if you are not the one. Do you get? Amen. There is no competition. And I really hope I'm saying something because I feel like I'm saying a lot of things. Okay. Another thing we must do within the body as we reach inward is to provoke one another to love and good works. So we may not read it, but in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25, you know, let's read it, Jerry. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. 
not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So you see in our gathering, there's what? There is reaching inward, reaching within that system, reaching within that system where we stir up one another to good works, where we stir up one another to good works, to love. Amen? We must actually be those people. Decide that that will be me. I'll be that person that stirs up my brother to love and good works. One of the reasons why I like, I'll not mention the person inside, not be so one of the reasons why I like having a particular person um, in the same house that I'm living right now is because um, when I have that particular person around, I want to pray more. I want to study my Bible more, right? There's another particular person, when I have him around, I want to, I want to um, be more diligent with the works of my hands, right? Because I should not steal. Right? <laughs> because the Bible says I should not steal. <laughs> so it provokes me to good works. It provokes me to love. It provokes me to do more, right? To make my life count for the gospel, you know, and of course, so that I will not be an infidel. I'll be able to take care of my family. <laughs> So decide that um, you want to be that person. Hmm? Decide that you want to be that person and take your place. Take your place in the body. So in summary, I told you it's just an exhortation. And I believe that um, it will hold in our hearts. It will take its place in our hearts. Ah, <laughs> I was going to read something now. I'm so sorry, guys. There's something else. I'm so, so, so sorry. It's not good that I don't read this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So let me just quickly um, run through everything I said again. Please, do you get everything I said? That as a church, we must reach out. Right? It's our responsibility. Um, God is not a secret to be kept. Right? We are going public with this, as public as a city on the hill. That is summary. Um, and as individuals, we are also meant to take our place. Right? We have the gift of the Spirit as the Holy Spirit has distributed it, and we are not trying to compete with one another, we're actually meant to be working together so that each joint is supplying nutrients to the body. Amen? Amen. Did you hear everything I just said? <laughs> Great, so each joint must supply nutrients to the body. So each person should take their place. I already told you that how you will know what you should be doing. One of the primary things that, you, that helps you to know what you should be doing is your gifting. All right, because he gave us gifts according to the grace that has been given to us. It is gifting according to function. Do you get? So a, a person who has the gift of prophecy prophesies. He has the function to prophesy. A person who has the gift of teaching teaches. All right? Is that clear? So all of us must take our place. All of us must take our place. Actually, another, another thing that also helps you to um, function, uh, that also helps you, or there's also a pointer to your function, is actually your love. This is actually very important. It's actually your love. Another thing that helps you to know what to do in the body is actually your love. So there are times when in the body, all you don't have everything. And so love will spur you to desire spiritual gifts. And that's why First Corinthians chapter 12 tells you that desire earnestly, the better gifts, and I show you a more a, a, a more excellent way, and it goes on to teach you about love. Your love will spur you in the direction of service where wherever there is deficiency in the in your local assembly. Amen. Please listen to this very well. This is very very important. That the reason why we are doing why I'm doing this teaching is so that 
the body will grow. It's so that every one of us will begin to have a mind of service, a mindset of service. Everybody should actually have a mindset of service. That's the point of this teaching. It's not just to make you excited that, oh, I have gift of the spirit or something. It's actually so that you will have a mindset of service. So as you receive God's word, as you delight in the Lord, you begin to see yourself excelling in certain abilities of the spirit. It doesn't have to be the, be the um, spectacular ones. It could be the very silent ones, like leading, like mercy, like giving, like teaching, like encouraging, like prophesying, right? So you can, you, as you delight in the Lord, you begin to see all those things um, stir up in you, right? The stirring up of those things is for the profiting of all. According to first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 12, right? The stirring up of those abilities in you is for the church's common good. It's to profit with all. Do you get? It's not to even profit you. It didn't say to the, um, the gift of the Spirit is for my profiting. No, the Bible says that it is for the common good. It is for us. For It says the, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to, to one to profit with all. Do you understand? So it is for service. It is for service. What is the point of service? So that your brother can become a better version of himself. So that your brother will grow into maturity and ultimately the entire body. Do you get? So it's important. This teaching, no matter how much you know, playing I'm doing and all of that, we must never lose touch on the purpose of why we are doing this teaching. It's like number one, as a body, we will take our place and we will reach out. And as individuals, we also take our place in our local assembly and serve. Your service is not just routine. We must disabuse our mind from that thing that says that, oh, eh, I'm the one that is going to carry speaker. And that they shall do it. You are not shall doing it. They shall, they shall, let's gather, the choir shall gather, so we shall sing. We are actually not shall doing it. You get, we are doing it to serve. It is for service. Do you understand? We are not shall doing anything. It is for service. And the service has an end, right? That the entire body of Christ will grow and mature in love. Okay. So I said I wanted to read something else. One last thing, please. Permit me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We read from verse 12 to 16. I just read it as it comes. So it says, if you're there, say amen. It says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not what? They are not wise. You know, also even talking in the context of the church, but let's also see this. So, as individuals, as a church, there is lack of wisdom, or it is not wisdom, better said, if we are comparing ourselves with ourselves. I'll show you how, what that means. So it says, we, however, we will not boast beyond proper limits. Look at this. But we will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us. A sphere that also includes you. There is a sphere of service that God has assigned to us. Another version says that there is a field that God has assigned to us. So there is definitely the harvest. Listen to me carefully. What I want to say right now is very, very important. Please, I beg you. There is an harvest all over the world, right? Jesus said, "Look into look look um look into the look into the fields. They, they are all white for harvest and all of that." There is harvest, but there is a portion. There is a field that has been up, 
pointed to you. Now, I'm, I'm speaking in the context of the local church. The reason why I'm saying this is because we will not compare ourselves with ourselves. What I mean by that is that we will take our own place in the field. As God has directed peace and rights, we'll take our own place in it such that we will not think remotely that it is until maybe we have 15 branches in Lagos that we are actually doing the work of ministry. Because you can have 15 branches and you are, having, and you are working on another person's field. Paul actually said that. That you can actually go and start a church in New Zealand and you are in another person's field. The, the, the end of ministry for us is not how far we went, you know, outside our sphere of influence. It's how far we went within our sphere of influence, within the field that God has apportioned to us. Paul actually said God has apportioned a field. So you will see how that, let me just read this to you. We are not going too far in our boasting as would be the case if we had not come to you, for we did get as far as you with the gospel of Christ. Neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that we can preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. For we do not want to boast about work already done in someone else's territory. So there is actually work done in someone else's territory. Now, what I want to say now is it's not cut in stone, right? Because it's possible. God can actually leave someone and say that we can start church in New Zealand. But we must never have a mind that it is because of us that what will take over. I, I'm not, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not shading anybody, I promise you, before God. I'm actually not shading anybody. It is, there is a sense of pride that can come to us that because, you know, Pisan has given us a particular word and, you know, ah, it looks like this is more accurate than all the things we've been hearing while growing up. And so because of us, what we will take over. Do you know what God told Elijah? Elijah said that, ah, I'm the only one that is left. They have killed all your prophets. God said, I didn't get that. I have 7,000 more. Is it 700 more? 7,000 more who have not bowed the knee to bow. We must always have that in our heads. That it is not because of us. We must stay within the sphere, within the field that God has apportioned us. Do you know why I'm also saying this to you? It may sound like, oh, this, this is not a message to the ministers. We're saying this to you because many times the laity can push the minister. And so we can be saying, ah, our pastor is the global apostolic leader. And so because he's the global apostolic leader, not the joke one that we used to say, we, we can actually get serious. I say that because he's a global apostolic leader, we should also have global territories. Hallelujah. And we can have global reach. And so when we have global reach, we are going to start a church we cannot afford in New Zealand. A <laughs> church we cannot afford in London. And all of those things. I'm saying that, if, except God leads us, that's why I said that it's a dicey conversation. Except God absolutely leads us. Except God absolutely leads us. We are going to stay within the field that God has caught for us. And we will serve there. And we will reach out. We will evangelize. We will reach all the people that God will have us reach. If word will take over, it must first take over within what God sent us to do. Do you get? But again, let me just say it again. That there is a sense of pride 
is a sense of pride, is a sense of being special that makes us feel that um, it is only through our church that the gospel will reach the ends of the earth. I can assure you that there are churches in New Zealand, in London, in Los Angeles. We will pray for those churches so that more people will go there. And we also pray for those churches that they will grow. They will grow into maturity so that they can also serve their field. We don't have to go. At least not yet. Maybe pastor must go. Yeah. If pastor is going, then God said it. I trust pastor. <laughs> we don't have to. And it's also a mind thing, right? Sometimes we want to go and start branches in other places because we think that, um, you know, the, what they have here is not enough. We've not finished what's happening at home. Do you get, like there's work at home, but we want to go and cultivate other people's field. And know what I'm saying maybe adds to beer and people may not like it, right? But I mean, I'm a popular like peace, so they cannot drag me. You was people that are saying that they'll drag him. They cannot drag me. So there's work to do at home. There's actually work to do at home. There's work to do at home. There's a lot of work to do at home. We cannot leave the work at home, eh? And say we are going to. Do you know how long it took before Redeem started going overseas? Do you know how many churches they had planted in? I don't know what God's vision was for them, right? What God had told them. But before they started going overseas, here they did the work at home. They made sure that within five minutes walking distance, you will see a redeemed church. Let's go to where God sent us. And let's not tempt our pastor to do what God did not send him to do. If Pisam says that this is where God has sent us, we'll do the work at home. In fact, this is personal opinion. I personally believe that God created me, created me in Nigeria for a purpose. And that's why I'm not inclined to actually travel out anywhere. It's personal belief. I did not say you should not go. Please go. I'm just telling you that personally, I actually believe it with all my life that what Paul said at the Areopagos is accurate. That God has drawn out the boundaries of our habitation. I believe it with all my life. If I'm going anywhere, I'm coming back home. There's something that has been cut out for me here. Get that. <laughs> but do you understand? So as a church, we must occupy, we must take our place. Okay? Are you sure you've learned anything? So you don't mind my friends to talk. You shall add the substance. You can do the crystallization in your mind. And God will help your life. Amen. Okay. All right, let's pray together. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. For more updates on our programs and audio messages, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at This Excellent Church. God bless you.